0: Welcome to Inside Scope, the American Gastroenterological Association podcast that will help you advance your patient care one half-hour segment at a time. Join us to hear from the experts, learn new skills, and stay abreast of changing best practices. We'll be tackling a different topic each month, so make sure to subscribe and join us on our mission to improve digestive health for all. Welcome, everyone, to this season of the AGA's Inside Scope podcast entitled Colorectal Cancer, Screening to Save Lives. In this season, we will talk to gastroenterologists and primary care physicians to break down the recent updates from the U.S. Preventive Services Task Force on colon cancer screening and colon cancer screening in high-risk groups and addressing some of the unique challenges for various populations. Our goal is to help healthcare providers understand how they can help reduce the incidence and mortality of colorectal cancer. I'm David Lieberman, I'm a professor of medicine in the Division of Gastroenterology and Hepatology at Oregon Health and Science University.
1: Hello everyone, I'm Chaik Dalbeni, I'm a professor of family medicine and the Chief Health Equity Officer for the Ohio State University Wexner Medical Center. And Associate Director for Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion for the Ohio State' University of Comprehensive Cancer Center here in Columbus, Ohio. So Chai and I
0: are your hosts for this five episode season, and this season is supported by an independent medical education grant from Exact Sciences. So without further ado, I want to launch into our, our conversation uh, today. In this episode, Chaik and I are talking about important considerations when caring for individuals at high risk for poor outcomes in colorectal cancer due to social determinants of health. And I can think of nobody better to talk to about this than uh, Chaik Dabani. So I want to start by... Kevin, you talk to us a little bit about the fact that there are some groups in the United States who have higher rates of death from colon cancer. Can you talk about some of the disparate patterns of colorectal cancer incidence and mortality that we see here in the United States?
1: Well, thank you, David. It's really fun to join you, and I appreciated your leadership in this area. And of course, um, I would share with you, colon cancer is one of those things, as we know, that we can actually prevent for many patients, and if we detect it early, we can treat it effectively and cure it. And, and so, and of course our listeners know that the cure rates so or survival rate is much higher, 90% or higher for those detected at localized or uh, early stage. And so it's really important, but also it's one of those conditions that um, we know that there's a lot of disparities in, in both the incidence and, and mortality. And your question is important because uh, despite all we know about colorectal cancer and the potential to prevent uh, both death and incidence, some groups have historically experienced uh, higher rates of death from this condition. And specifically, black men, and here's a black man talking about this, and uh, this is personal for me, black men are perhaps one of the highest rates of uh, incidence and mortality for colorectal cancer and by race uh, closely uh, following is perhaps uh, Native Americans and Alaska Natives. Uh, Pacific Islanders also are somewhere in there, uh, but um, the statistics are not as uh, robust because they've not been tracked over time. And so if you go beyond race, and and to your point, David, about social factors, go beyond race, poverty or low socioeconomic status is one that has been are uh, found to be closely associated with both incidence and mortality. And we've done quite a number of studies as others have done uh, to show these disparities that exist. One picture that I have in my mind, and this is a picture, a study that was published in JAMA, and it's a map that I love to show, uh, where you see clusters of incidence and mortality of colorectal cancer in the United States. These are in Appalachian area and the River Delta area at Mississippi. And what I would share with listeners is that all you need to do is superimpose socioeconomic indicators, poor socioeconomic indicators, and you find that the maps are almost identical. And that, at least in my mind, convinces me, and many scholars agree, that uh, this is driven by social and economic disadvantage.
0: Those are very important points. And I, you know, I was going to ask, you know, what, what do you think is, is driving some of these disparities there's been a lot said about the biological mechanisms of some of these disparities you know i wonder you if you could address how much of this is related to biology and how much of this is, do you do you think in terms of the disparities are are related to some of these social
1: determinants david that is a very important question and one that has been discussed nationally now first to the point is whether race itself is biological or social construct. Clearly, race is not a biological construct. It is a social construct. It's not based on genetics. And we know very well that people, for instance, black people have a history of uh, social injustices, um, including exposure to higher risk conditions. Perhaps uh, the history of social injustice also increases uh, risk-promoting behaviors for colorectal cancer. And they have less access to screening and other preventive measures that combined, as well as treatment, that combined um, increases the risk of dying. And we know screening is very effective, uh, but you have to have access to it and have high quality uh, of screening. I want to share one study that uh, was led by uh, Stacey Fedewa, who is not at Emory. She was at ACS, American Cancer Society. And in that study, we found that... Um, the disparity in uh, interval colorectal cancers was um, uh, larger in the group of people who are receiving care from clinicians who had the highest polyp detection rates. Medicaid doesn't you know uh, give you adenomas, but that's a good proxy, I think, for adenomas. It goes to, in my mind, demonstrate that um, when there's the best opportunity to make a difference is when you see the biggest uh, gaps. Going back to... Your question about biology—I don't want to dismiss the fact that there may be a biological components, because some studies have shown that maybe black people may have a higher risk of having proximal colorectal cancers, and maybe the risk factors of proximal versus distal colorectal cancer may be a little different. And some of the studies suggest that we also know, and various names—allostatic load, weathering, and other terms have been used that accumulated stress, psychological and physical and social stress can cause biological effects. And it is possible, I don't think there's any evidence to show that, but it's possible that those cumulative stresses from social inequities could increase the biological risk for colorectal cancer. After all, cancer is a biological condition, right? So it has to still have that biological, in addition to the environmental risk, it is very plausible that these social inequities can lead to increased risk for disease. And it's a way to say it's a very complex scenario, but it's not due to genetics. You know I completely agree with you
0: i I want to ask a corollary of something that you you mentioned earlier you know you you cited a couple of regions of the United States, Appalachia, and the Mississippi Delta and it, you know it occurs to me that you know those are obviously areas where there is a lot of poverty, but we know that social determinants and poverty do play a role in where patients live and where patients live could expose them to some cancer risk based on air, water, or other uh, pollutants. What are your thoughts about that, especially in these areas that you highlighted?
1: It's interesting you say that because even in urban areas, you will see the same patterns of socioeconomic disadvantage that mirror the risk for colorectal cancer. And and so, while it is plausible that that could be uh, one of the contributing factors, what is more likely is that uh, people who experience social and economic disadvantage also are exposed to higher behavioral risks that are the results of, uh, for instance, structural racism, right? So which creates persistent and pervasive disadvantage. Um, and that can lead to some of the biological mechanisms that people have studied extensively that could be related to colon cancer risk. So I think there are many possible things because who lives in areas that uh, Superfund sites, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, It's it's almost laugh, it makes you giggle, but it's not a laughing matter, is it? So, And and I think it's really important for us to continue to look at these factors and how environmental injustice can also be leading to uh, colorectal cancer and disease risk in general, because as both of us know, a lot of the risk factors for many chronic illnesses travel together, and they tend to cause the same things.
0: You yeah, know, those are terrific points, Jack. So, so what guidance can you give us about how disparities might be addressed?
1: So I have a couple of points to make about that. And I think the most important is what we discussed earlier. This is not genetic. It's not genetically predetermined. So being a black person, being a Native American person, shouldn't predestine you to die from colorectal cancer in a disproportionate way. And that takes us to the second point, that one, it can be prevented with behavioral interventions, you know, so diet, physical activity, uh, weight control, and some of the other things that increase risk for colon cancer. Two, access to screening and treatment, c- continuum of care, right? So colon cancer screening is not a single thing that you do once done, it's a process. And so if you get someone screened with fecal immunochemical tests, they have to get colonoscopy when it's positive. If a colonoscopy is uh, abnormal, they have to get that follow-up treatment and care. And that has to be assured. And I see too often, David, in places where, even in federally qualified health centers, where they do colon cancer screening, and there's absolutely no pathway to get a colonoscopy. I think that's unacceptable. We have to find a way to make it more accessible. I know you and I have had conversations around Medicare coverage for colon cancer screening, and I think that landscape is improving, thankfully.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, one of the things that I see repeatedly in the literature is that the difference in colon cancer screening rates in patients who have some form of health insurance versus those that don't. Uh, what are what are your thoughts about that?
1: You know, so I, I, maybe I'll take a slides sideways and 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 say that one of the biggest uh, correlations with health healthcare access and death is poverty, right? And um, even in Medicare, we've done studies to demonstrate that uh, people who have supplemental insurance, everybody has Medicare. Those who have supplemental insurance are more likely have higher access to colon cancer screening. So there are a lot of factors to that. And, and you talked about um, the social factors. Um, people often refer to them as social determinants of health. So let's talk, for instance, somebody who is, has very little income and has to make a decision about going to work every day or to stop and get a colonoscopy. And let's say that person has to do a copay to get that colonoscopy or feed his, his or a child. For most black people, for most people from these lower socioeconomic backgrounds who experience unfortunately these unfortunate outcomes, they tend to make the choice to look after their family but it's also issues of potential bias or structural barriers as we'll call them, right? Do I trust the healthcare system to talk to my doctor? Does my doctor talk to me about colon cancer screening? When they talk to me, do they talk to me in a way that I understand and can follow the advice? So that distrust exists. I don't want to say to our listeners that because of distrust, you should be scared to talk to your black patients. To the contrary, you should be transparent and honest with them and ensure that they have the right information in ways that is culturally aligned with their understanding of colon cancer screening and ensure that all of them can get information they need and the support needed. Because some may need support to navigate through to get colon cancer screening. And we know that navigation works. If nothing else, we say here people should understand that when they support those barriers, people will get screened.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I think those are, are terrific points, and I'd love to get your thoughts on this, but I think navigation can help patients overcome some of those important barriers.
1: Oh, absolutely. As a matter of fact, there have been so many studies done about navigation that, in my view, is irrefutable that it works. You may know, David, that I'm a student, as I like to say, it, of community engagement. But that, that point is more that we need to align what we do to to make sure the care that is provided aligns with the needs and cultural expectations of the people we serve. And that will provide a care where they can and need it. So navigation takes many forms. You know, there are different forms of navigation. It could be as simple as telephone support. It could be as simple as getting somebody instructions on, on, the, on the prep. You know if someone goes to get a colonoscopy and is not prepped well, To me, that is an avoidable mishap, because then it exposes them to a situation where they've quote unquote, had a test, but a test of less quality than it can be. So I think we should look at navigation across a continuum of testing from making sure people understand colon cancer screening exists, get it done, help them you know, have that conversation with a doctor, get it done effectively, make sure the prep is done when the colonoscopy is done, and also understand the steps involved to be able to get through the healthcare system. And that may include language support as well. So if someone has a language barrier, uh, it's really important to help them understand the test and make a decision about getting screened.
0: My belief is that navigation should just be baked into uh, colon, colon screening programs. So, Chai, we've talked a lot about disparities and barriers. Are there some examples of places where disparities have been eliminated? And and if so, you know what what's made those programs successful in closing some of the uh, racial gaps in outcomes?
1: There are really some great examples now, and I'm excited to share those with uh, listeners. One of them, actually, uh, back in Delaware was a program in which they use navigation support systems and access a colonoscopy to get people screened and was able to demonstrate closure of disparities between black and, and white people. The more recent study is one that we published as a brief report in the England Journal of Medicine, and that came from the Kaiser system. And the Kaiser system is large, and that allows you to follow people over a long period of time. And this, we're talking about 20 years of follow-up to see what happened over time. And in that study we demonstrated that over that time period progressively the gap between black and white people closed both in incidence and mortality. And I tell you, the first principle is what we talked about already, right? So you wanna provide high quality care to everybody irrespective of race, ethnicity, or socioeconomic status or social background, economic background. That's the first rule, everybody gets it. And I know T.R. who runs that program would say, you know, uh, a rising tide floats all boats and we should leave no one behind, right? Everybody should have a chance to get screened. And the other piece is to, for programs in general, you won't know there are gaps unless you look. So it's really important and I want to reinforce to our listeners that you have to have data to be able to look at the differences by race and other factors, gender, you know, sex, socioeconomic variables. We talked about insurance earlier, uh, rural versus urban. So look at those factors to see which of your groups are having disproportionate mortality and incidence problems than the other group and begin to look at why that is the case. That's really important. And so the Kaiser program, which you know, I've been fortunate to study, is that the one element was a consistent application of a population-based program in which they monitored, tracked, and ensured that everybody had access to screening or was reached through their FIT outreach program. So they mailed FIT to everybody who was eligible. And if you didn't get it when it's mailed to you, when you come to the doctor, you got reminded and offered the test. And they made sure the continuum was closed. So if you get tested positive, there's a system to monitor to make sure it's positive. Remind us to make sure that you're given the option. And when you have cancer, get treated. So is that continuum of care approach for everybody, or some will call it equity in all, right? Whatever we do, we keep equity at the front of our mind. That's what it would take to do it. But a coordination, coordination is also important because if we don't coordinate all of this, it falls apart very quickly.
0: That's a terrific point. You know, we we began our discussion with some discussion about some of the racial disparities. The point that you made that these disparities are are not genetic, and then you cited the example um, of the Kaiser program, which provides access to everybody. But what about individuals who are in racial minorities? that are not Kaiser members? Are there ideas or best practices for reaching out to, to those communities so that we can, uh, we can get
1: all of them screened? That is a very important question. I think Kaiser, in my view, is not that unique, right? Kaiser did things that everyone should be doing. And those principles are pretty straightforward. So when you have a population of patients who are in panel to you, You make sure everyone gets screened. You don't wait for them to get you in the office before you offer them screening. Because doing so almost excludes a large proportion of people from racial and ethnic minority backgrounds or socioeconomically disadvantaged groups. And that's one of our problems because we rely on people coming to us to get screened we have the technology and the resources and and the ability i don't want to say resources the ability to reach people where they are by getting screening directly to them i actually think the most important um, ingredient is is having a way to monitor in your patient population who is getting screened who is eligible as hasn't screened when they're positive who's gotten that test done i'm not i'm a primary care physician and i'm not trying to minimize the fact that there are barriers for clinicians to do this in their usual, busy practices. And oftentimes it's difficult for them to mount these sort of outreach endeavors to do so. But at a minimum for colon cancer, because it's also quality metric, we should be checking our patient panels, our dashboards, and engage the patients in the process of screening. Because oftentimes people want to have that conversation, the doctor to recommend the tests, reassure them that it's okay. Give them options, right? If it's not colonoscopy, FIT. If it's not FIT, if you call DNA or Cologuard, right? But give them those options to get screened and perhaps share stories with them. Great points. This has been a
0: terrific discussion. Is there anything else you would like to share with our listeners?
1: Well, I want to share with our listeners is that racial disparities and disparities by socioeconomic factors in general is real. We have to look for them because they exist right under our noses and if we don't look we we won't find them. But also we can actually change this because this is not something that is genetically determined but it's something we can change by making sure there's equitable access to care and the quality of care and follow-up is of the same quality irrespective of race, ethnicity, socioeconomic status, geography, language, or other factors related to social disadvantage. So uh, I thank you for the opportunity for us to talk about it because this really is near and dear to my heart.
0: Well, Chai, thank you for a a wonderful discussion and thank all of you for joining us uh, for this episode on addressing barriers to colorectal cancer screening for individuals at high risk of poor outcomes from cancer due to social determinants of health. You can find all five episodes in this season, as well as editorials, reference guides, and a GI pop quiz educational activity on the AGA website gastro.org. So thanks to everybody for joining us today. Thanks for listening to Inside Scope, an official AGA podcast. Make sure to subscribe to be notified as we roll out new episodes. For more GI education, visit AGA University at agau.gastro.org.